Lord, we thank you so much for the wonderful time for you brought us together to worship you, and we uh, we worship you, we praise your name, and we feel so thankful for what you give to us, your Son, the Holy Spirit, the new life. This morning we are going to learn your words. Please. Be with each of us. Special, please help me to speak English well, to deliver your message well, Lord. And you help all of us to understand and to be transformed by your words. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. First, we should look a little bit at the background in the book of Luke, chapter 15, verse 1 to 2. Here is. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. I know all of you, you know the story, what was happening there. The people in their society, they don't like the people like a tax collector, because they were helping Romans. They gain money from their own people. And they don't like some sinners in their society. They, when they see Jesus was being with them, they disrespect Jesus. And uh, I have a question for each of us. Who would you like to hang out? In your family? your school, your community, or this church. Recently, Pastor Mark talked to me. Tony, do you know what has happened? What? Trudeau and Mr. Xi, they are not getting along with each other now. How about us? I should be fine. I'm going to call Mr. Xi. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a real call. I prayed for him. And I, I don't know about you guys. Do you still like Chinese people around you? Do you like hanging out with us? Okay. And uh, when we think about the question, we, it's easy for us to hang out with the people we really like. And uh, similar with us. Same culture, enjoy a similar food, but it's hard for us to hang out with people, they are not normal people. Something wrong with them. And behind them, they are weird. You don't like them. Me too. And, uh, but Jesus, after this, talked to them three stories. And the first one says, lost sheep. Yes, that's correct. The first time I put the word sheep, S-H-I-P. <laughs> and Zach said, you lost big one. <laughs> okay. You know, the meaning of the lost sheep is the sheep, if they were lost, it's very easy for them to, you know, was killed by wild animals. They are going to lose their life. The second story is the lost coin the coin was lost 
if you could not find it, the coin, no useful. It's not useful. So that's the value lost. The third story, the lost son, is the son lost his identity. For everyone here, before we know Jesus, we accept him as our Savior, our Lord. We were the one. We lost our life. We lost value. We lost our identity. And today, I want to share with you three things here. The first one is the heart of the finding the lost. Why Jesus shared the story? Why is a man to do that? Let's say the verse 4 says, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that's lost until he finds it? Jesus was challenging them, asked the question back to them. Each of you, you will do that. You have 100, you, found, you lost one, and you go after the one, try to find it. When I was uh, in my childhood, uh, almost six years old, and I went, uh, in our family, I was, in a, I, I was born in a small village, and uh, when I was seven years old, the whole family moved to another city, and we had one sheep, and I think it's when I was five years old, the sheep gave birth, and we had two little ones. One is female, one is male. And I really like them. It's kind of my toy. I play with them. And when I turned to six years old, my grandma asked me, that's your job now, and go out to find some grass or food for them and take them out. And every afternoon around 4 p.m., I bring them out. And when we go out with some friends and we play games, we just have fun and we let the sheep get together. Do you know, any of you, you have kind of similar experience. You use a rope, you pet the sheep, and then another side is a metal, like a bigger nail, and you put it into the ground. And it helps you. They, they will stay there, but they can continue to eat the grass. But one day, when I had fun with my friends, I walked back, I found the two little ones, I lost one of them. I was so anxious, I said, my grandma going to beat me. And I, I tried to find, walk around and nothing. And I slowly walked back my home and talked to my grandma. Grandma, I, I, thought, I think I lost one. And I, I, I don't want to, she beat me, so I start crying, you know. And uh, my grandma said, it's okay, it's okay. Let us find her. And uh, my grandma asked my uncle, go out to find. I think it was, I was waiting, I was waiting. My uncle didn't go back. So uh, I fall asleep. The early morning when I woke up, I just asked my grandma, Grandma, did my uncle find it? And my grandma smiling and said, yes. 
And uh, I, I run out, I go to uh, see the uh, little one, we land. And uh, I forgot where my short pants. <laughs> I was so excited because I care the land. It's, uh, it's part of our family. And we are part of God's family. So that's the reason when Jesus came, he said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. We all were lost. And we were found by Jesus Christ. And we see Jesus, his heart, the Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 said, when he saw a crowd, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without shepherd. My dear friends, my family members here, you were like lost sheep for Jesus Christ. He had compassion for each of us. So the heart of finding the lost is compassion. It's love. It's mercy. But today I want to challenge you a little bit. For each of us, if you became a Christian for so many years, one thing has happened in your life. It's kind of in the journey of your life, you will lose the passion or love. It's, it doesn't seem like the beginning when you were saved. You really want to share the gospel, share God's words to your neighborhood, to your friends. But the more and the more you feel, ah, it's okay, I just go to church. Every Sunday I worship God. Let the pastors or some missionaries to do the work. We lost the compassion. But this morning, I want to share with you how you get that back. How you, after this service, this sermon, you feel something happened to your heart again. You want to share the gospel. You want to share God's love to people. First thing you need to pray. Because the compassion, love, it's from above. It's from God. Pray for yourself. It's, oh, Tony, Pastor Tony, we know that. I prayed. Second thing you need to do, practice. Preclaim the good news to someone. Is anyone uh, is a salesman here in the group? Or you, you were a salesman? I was, I was salesman. I know one thing. Every morning, you have you take out your name list for maybe they become your customer in the future. You want to call them, but the first one, the second one, was very difficult for you. You try, you try. Okay, oh, maybe tomorrow, maybe later, but. If you call the first one, and then immediately you call the second one, and you call the third one, you feel more and more confident 
to continue to make call. And after no, when you finish the phone call, you feel satisfied, joyful. You're so happy. That's the same thing if you never talk about the gospel or God's word, God's love to anyone. You have no this kind of experience. The one thing, very important, pray. The second, also very important, pray claim. Even just share your testimony to someone who doesn't know Jesus. The second I want to share with you, the cost of finding the lost. The, what Paul said, until he finds it, and when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing, and when he comes home, they have a party there. We, we can share it later. But now, let's see. Do you know how long did it take this guy to find the, the lost ship? The scripture here doesn't tell us. And how far you don't know. And there's a lamb, how heavy you don't know. That's the cost. It takes time. It takes energy. When you do this, you try to share the gospel to your friends, family members. But Jesus said, in the book of Mark 10, verse 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's what Jesus did for each of us. He came not to be served, but to serve. When we want to serve someone, to share the gospel or share your testimony or God's word to someone, it does cost something. It does cost, we, Jesus already finished his work. When he was put on the cross, in the end, he said, it is finished. But our part, he sent us out. Our part is just share what he did. It cost some time. One day, one of my church friends talked to me, and oh, now we live in Canada. We don't have a chance like, to be put in the prison like we used somehow now still happy in China. We, it cost our just some time or money or energy here. Jesus did an example. The book of John 10, 11 said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So the cost of finding the losses for Jesus crucified his cross. And he asked us to take up our own cross. That means we need to deny ourselves. I share one story to you. When I came to this church, West Edmonton Chinese Christian Church Society. It's a long name. 
and there's uh, one brother in this church in the beginning, like three or half, uh, three months or half a year, he was so nice to me, always kind of like follow me, yeah. But after a while, and uh, he start rebuke me and challenge me. And uh, every time when I finish a sermon, he is the first one came to me and said, Pastor Tony, I think you just shared something not correctly, not right. You know, I feel upset, and I more and more, I, I, even sometimes I pray, Lord, take him out of the church. Let him go whenever we church he likes. He troubled me a lot. Finally, one day, and he talked to me, Pat Tony, I'm going to leave this church. And he said, not only because you. <laughs> and uh, my wife and I made decision. We are going to change another church. I said, which one? We, we haven't found it yet, but we will find one. And they left. It's about like around two months. I pray for them. I, you know, in the very beginning, be honest, I'll tell you the truth. One hand, I was happy. I was happy for their living. Another hand, I know something wrong. I did something wrong. The Holy Spirit kind of constantly talked to me. Tony, you need to ask his forgiveness. You need to apologize to him and talk to him. But I refused, I refused. Almost after two months, you know, the, the feeling more and more strong one day. When I was praying, and I asked the Lord, why you want me to do this? You know, I cannot do this. I'm his pastor. He didn't respect me at all. But the Holy Spirit just talked to me like this. Tony, think this way. Switch with him. If you were this guy, he is Pastor Tony. What he did, did all this thing hurt you? I said, yes. It hurts. And the Holy Spirit said, so, call him. And uh, I pulled my cell phone, I, I dialed his number, and then when he answered, I said, brother, I want to say sorry to you. And he said, Pastor Tony, I need to say sorry to you. And uh, you know, we talked almost like uh, 10 minutes there, and uh, after the phone call, I felt so peaceful and joyful. And the, the coming Sunday, and he and his family, they came back. Until now. And after that, he still talked to me after the sermon, but I changed. I, I said, okay, just one rule. When I, every time I preach, I saw the crowd there, 
I know something happened for some people I need to talk to her or him. You just give me five minutes. <laughs> give me five minutes. I talk to someone first. And we talk. And he said, okay. <laughs> and uh, every month, we get together once. Saturday morning, 7.30, Tim Hortons, which the one near by his home. And uh, we talk. And uh, one our... Uh, uh, member of uh, our Deacon's board, and uh, he, knew what, he knew what's going on, and he talked to me and said, Tony, the board needs to do something. Uh, warning him, never do this again. We, we need to respect you. Never happen this kind of thing in our church. And I talked to this, this uh, uh, the Deacon, I said, let him do this because it's good for the church. As a pastor, I need someone beside me to help me in this way. I'm not perfect. I need someone always pay attention to what I'm seeing, what I'm doing. Help me to tell the truth. That's happened in this church. So for us, I think it's the same thing. We do not need to be physically put on the cross again, but we still need to deny ourselves, our pride. I think, I don't, how long this church has been? Like a, more than 40 years? What's the exact number this year? How long? Zach, do you know? You are too young. Yeah. Ask someone over there here. 30, 40? Yeah. Let's see the seats. You know. Let's see our seats. I know the story about how you guys built up this building. It was like over 600 people for this church. That's, the, that's a big separate happened maybe 20 or more than 20 years ago. But after that, think about some people. They joined their church. They left without a good reason. What should we do? Maybe some of your people, they get heard from your pastors like I did. Maybe some of them, they get hurt or upset with someone among us. Or something happened. It's their own reasons in their lives. They disconnect with the church, with the Lord. I try to encourage each of us here to take up our own cross to do something very simple. A phone call or a visit for someone. The third thing I want to share here is the joy of finding the lost. The verse six said, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, 
Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. You know the story. And uh, verse 7, he continues that Jesus so, uh, just so I tell you, that Jesus said to them, that, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. It is a party in heaven. When each of us, we accept Jesus as our Savior. I still remember the moment when I pray with a sister that she was a sister with, you know, for me, but later it became my wife. And after the prayer, and she told me, Tony, do you know now? It's a party, celebration in heaven because of you. Do you still remember the moment? Do you still remember the moment you became a believer? You said, Jesus Christ, I believe you. It is a party. It's a joy. It is our strength. Some of you, you, you may think now, why this kind of joy is far away from me? Because we stop sharing God's love. We stop sharing the good news. That's the reason. If you do, you try, you say, you will get the joy. And later, when Jesus shares the second story, he shared the same thing. In the verse 10 said, just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. God loves us, each soul. And later, when the lost son came back home, we all know the story, his brother gets too mad with uh, his dad, and uh, his dad came out and talked to him. And the verse 32 said, It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this, your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. It's joy. The joy of finding the lost. It's family, get together, connect. It's communion. I don't know the word. I, I cannot say very well. Uh, reconciliation, yeah? Reconciliation with God. We become the members of God's family. Some of you, you may know, after lunch, Every day I walk around the church. I pray, of, pray for you guys. Pray for the Chinese group. Sometimes for the Filipino group. But every time for you guys. 
the church is very big. And we, you see the picture in the very beginning, our community is de developed. So many Canadians, similar with you, they are lost. They are facing challenge. They are having difficulties in our lives. Hopefully, each of us, we can find the joy of finding the lost. When we put together, we say, finding the lost sheep, the heart is compassion. The cost is crucified. The joy is community. And now I share one more story. It's not my story. It's one of my friend, a Canadian friend's story. His name is Chuck. He goes to another church called um, Baptist, oh, Fellowship Baptist Church. They are located in 142nd Street. Um, I forgot the avenue, maybe 107 Avenue. How I met him is one of my church friends, uh, when she knew I want to improve my English. And uh, she introduced me to Matt Chark, and Chark started teaching my English. So every Monday afternoon, and I'm, I go visit him at his home, and we learn English. He, he teaches me English. And uh, like uh, three weeks ago, and I was quite nervous. I, I talked to Chuck. I said, oh, I'm going to preach again in West Meadows in English. How can you help me? I'm nervous. And uh, he asked me the topic and the story, and I shared. I said, oh, I still feel I need one more testimony in the end about the joy you find in the lost. And uh, he was thinking, oh, Tony, I may have one for you. And uh, later, I emailed you. I got his email just two days ago. And his, in the email, shared his story. And Chuck met a Chinese uh, exchange teachers from mainland China a couple years ago. And the teacher, his name is Jason, and his wife, Anna, they had stayed here in Canada, Edmonton, like one year. And they visit the Fellowship Baptist Church, and they join the ESL program. And Chuck and his wife, Brenda, they became friends with them. They invite them to their home, and they visit them, and they share stories, testimony, gospels. And later, before they went back to China, they both get baptized in the church. They were so happy for them, but when they went back, Chuck tried to continue contact with them, and he found, oh, there's trouble for them. There is no church for them. And Chuck talked to me in his email, said, he can feel their face is going down and going down. And he feels something burned in his heart. He said, okay, I'm going to visit them. So he 
take one month off and uh, bought flight tickets and uh, flew to China. And, uh, and uh, he told me he didn't know anything about China. It was his first trip. And I, he didn't know what would be happening in China. But when he came there, you know, Jason welcomed him and uh, booked the hotel in the school for him. That's a huge school. And Jason was the vice president for the school. They have like 8,000 students there. And the first day, it's like a normal uh, food, sleeping. The second day, Jason brought two teachers to Chuck, said, Chuck, they have questions about the Bible. <laughs> Would you like to answer them? You know, Chuck thinks the way I'm going to help Jason and Anna. But Jason, <laughs> in a whole month, become a translate for Chuck to continue meet people in the school. They have questions about Christianity, about the faith, about Jesus Christ. So he become more and more excited. And uh, after like a couple of weeks, he met an American teacher in the school. His name is Daniel. And Daniel got to know, oh, Jack is a Christian. And Daniel was, get, uh, was got trouble from school because they, are, they was going to fight him because they thought he wasn't qualified for the school. And Daniel, Talk to Chuck, I said, Chuck, I, when I was a little elementary school or junior high, I went to church with my parents, but I left when I was high, senior high school students. And the Chuck said, I know you got trouble with this school. I may help you. Let's meet every day afternoon. I teach you how to teach Chinese students because I had experience teach ESL in Edmonton with Chinese people. And uh, in the end, the last day before he left, and uh, the vice president, Jason, invite, invited Chuck to have a big banquet for him. And uh, Chuck said, oh, sorry, I could not make it because I have an appointment with Daniel. I need to teach him about how to teach your student. And uh, Jesus said, okay, bring him. So we, they had a big banquet there. Daniel was there in the very beginning, and the president of the school was there. And in the very beginning, the Chuck said, should we say grace? And the president said, hmm, okay, that's interesting. And uh, Daniel said, should I try? And Daniel prayed. And, uh, and uh, during the dinner, they keep asking questions. Later, later, in the end, the president stand, stood up. And, uh, and uh, he said some, uh, like, a, like a thank, thank you, you, Chuck, or something. And uh, he said, I think we need to bring more Christian teachers to hear. And Daniel kept his job. You know, that's something Chuck shared with me. If you know Chuck, you know, that time his leg already got trouble. When he, 
is walking like this way. But he still did this. Take, took one month off. Pay the cost for his trip to visit Jason. And Jason become a true, have him share the gospel to many Chinese there. And brought Daniel back to God's home. And impact the present of the school. That's happened. It is still happening in our daily life. So my dear friends, in the end, I want to pray for you guys, for myself. But I want you, I encourage you tonight or this afternoon, make a phone call or visit. Think about the person who was beside you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your words, for your love, your mercy salvation you give to us and the Holy Spirit the new life I know most of us in our daily we get bored we lost our compassion even we lost an interest about sharing your gospel your words Dear Lord, I pray for myself. I pray for my dear friends of West Meadows. And you will refresh them and you will give them the heavenly love, compassion, put it in their hearts and encourage them to go after the one who lost. Find them, carry them back to God's family and give them joy because it's a strength for us. Lord, I thank you. I can see the picture, the future of West Meadows here. We are full of God's people, Jesus Christ, his disciples in this room. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.